Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. New Year talking about margin. And, 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 and the reason it's so critical that, that we start this year off with this topic is because I want to make sure that you start your year off right with your best foot planted forward. And, and when I say that, what I mean is we live in a society today where we don't have cushion, where we don't have room to breathe. We literally fill up every single space on our calendar with something to do. And what happens is we don't have enough time to take care of those things that are important. We're really busy taking care of those things that are urgent. And what's important are things like real authentic relationships with starting first with your family, Real authentic relationships with your neighbors, with your friends, with your co-workers. Real authentic relationship with God. But we're so stretched beyond our, our, our limits. We're so stretched to our max that we don't have cushion. We don't have cushion with our time. We don't have cushion with our finances. We don't have cushion with our physical energy. And we certainly don't have cushion with our emotional energy. Because we are so stretched to our max, we find ourselves living a life without margin. And I'm here to tell you, I personally know in 2012 at least three people that really had some real struggles in life with margin. One went, went on to heaven. The other two had moral failure and were stressed out and are now taking medication to control the depression because they've lived and stretched themselves beyond their God-given limits. Now, in case you don't know this, I want to share something with you. It, it, it may not be news to you, but I want to share something with you, okay? We are all living a life where we have limits. We all have limits. And, 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 and if you did not know that, that's news to you today. We all have limits. God has created us with limits. And we're going to talk about that today. A lot of people are going to say this, you know what? I don't have time to make margin. And I'm going to say wrong. Today I want to talk to you about how you can make time for margin. Let me catch you up if this is your first time. Last week we talked about the most important area of our lives where we need margin. Everything draws from this area. We need to have margin first and foremost in our emotional lives. Our emotional energy, there needs to be some margin. Many of us are walking around like we're cars, right? And you know when you're a car, in your car, when you're driving and you're just about out of gas and that indicator light comes on to let you know it's time to fill up? Many of us have been walking around with that indicator for a long time. We're running on fumes. We're not taking time to breathe and we're getting ready to what? Burn out. If we don't refuel, what will happen is the engine will burst, will bust and break and you'll be done. No mechanic will be able to repair. What happens when, they, when, when either you have to buy a brand new engine, it's not going to happen for most of us, or you end up buying a new car. 
And so any, many of us walking around with this indicator light on, and, I'm, and what I shared with you last week was we have to fill the emotional tank up. We have to keep that full. How do we keep that full? We keep that full with things that, 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 that build us up and not so much of the things that take away, like relationships that ain't really benefiting you. If you're hanging around a bunch of people and you're always the one contributing to the relationship, yeah, you might need some new friends. If, 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 you are, if, you, if, if, you, if you're working a job and, and you're always giving, always giving, always giving, and the only thing you're getting from your job is a paycheck, you might need to rethink some things. Whatever the case may be, we need to keep our emotional tank full. How do we do that? Let's start with taking time out. So today's topic, our subject matter will be taking time out, creating margin in your life. We're going to jump right into this. There are three facts. If you have a handout, and, and you want, if, if you have a handout, this is where you can take notes. If you don't and you want to take some notes, we can get one to you. Just raise your hand. We'll make sure you get a handout to take notes. Three facts I want to share with you about time. Some of this you already know, but I want to refresh your memory. Time, first one is time is limited. Time is limited. We schedule ourselves as if we have unlimited time. There's an empty space on the calendar, we do it. If, if, it, you know, if, if, if you're chilling and you're really enjoying yourself and your boy calls and says, hey, man, let's go, catch, let's go catch the game over here and grab some hot wings or something, instead of you chilling, you, we go there. We all do that. We schedule ourselves as if we have unlimited time. The second thing I want to, the second fact I want to point out about time is that all of your time will be spent doing something. All of your time will be spent doing something. Sleeping, working, chilling, eating. You'll be doing something. With, right now, we're all doing something. You Right now, this second, you, this minute, you're sitting here listening to me. After this, you'll be doing something else. All of our time will be spent doing something. Here's another fact about that. Time is not a renewable resource. And in the real world, there's no such thing as rollover minutes. There's no such thing as I'm going to take these few minutes and I'm just going to put them on the side because when I need it, no, no, no. Every minute you have, every breath you take is valuable. Everything you do, every second of your life counts. The thing is, is it counting for the right thing? Are you using it to the best of its ability? Are you maximizing the potential you could have with your time? Here's the third thing I want to point out. Somebody will determine how you spend, how your time is spent. Somebody will determine how your time is spent. That could be you, could be your kids, could be your employer, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Somebody will determine how your time is spent. You know, we, 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 when, we, when we have control, Andy Stanley said this. This is a great quote. I love what he said. He says, when we are in control of our time, we tend to allow the urgent things to push away the important things. What are some of those urgent things versus the important things? Here's a perfect example of an of a urgent matter. Saturdays are typically my day to just relax, clear my mind, focus on church, and, you know, make sure I got all my ducks in a row, make sure I print out these handouts that you all have, make sure I cut them nice and neat, and make sure I get all of these things together. That's urgent. That's part of what I'm supposed to do. I want to make sure that I'm prepared to share with you all. Instead of doing that, my, my, my children were in the house on this beautiful, beautiful, rarely beautiful uh, winter day here in Georgia. And I said, and, and, and Brooke asked me, she says, Daddy, can we go ride my scooter? She got a scooter for Christmas. And I says, no, 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 we can't. Daddy's got a lot of work to do. 
And God, and it's funny, I'm working on this particular scripture about making time for the important and, and instead of the urgent. And, and God just gripped my heart. He says, do something with all of it. And so I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to win favor with my wife because I'm going to take all the kids out. She had a crib to herself. Yay me. It's a good night last night. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, I, and, and then I, I'll, I'll get the kids and take them to the park. So I win with them. And then I'll just get up maybe a little bit earlier and cut these, these uh, notes for you all. So I did that. I left. Got the kids that got to my wife and says, hey, check this out. I'm going to let you have the house to yourself for a few hours. Kids and I are going to go to the park. Oh, goody, yes. I'm like, you just relax. You just don't do nothing. Don't even think. Just chill. So I took the kids out. What I did was I made a decision to take care of what was important. What's important? Not that you all aren't important. At that time, you all were urgent. The urgent thing was to get the notes and things prepared for the church. The important thing was to put a smile on my kid's face, put a smile on my wife's face, keep peace in my house. My first ministry obligation is to my family. But so many of us get caught up in the urgent things, you know. Oh, urgent is, is, I know I have to take my kids to, 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 to their football game, but afterward, is, is it important for me to just hurry up and get home and chill? We got to do this, and I got to clean the house, I got to get ready for this, or is it important to fellowship? Take a few moments to say, hey, let's all get together and hang out. Or urgent is, I'm done with football. I mean, I'm done with church. The Falcons come on at 1 o'clock. If we ain't out here on time, it's going to be some furniture moving. Or is it important to just say, you know what, let me take just a few minutes and maybe catch the second half of the game or something like that and get to know some people. Because somebody in this room might be able to, you know, pour life into me. I might be going through some, some stuff right now. Somebody in this room has a word for me. The urgent versus the important. What's important? What's life-giving? Falcons game is not life-giving. Because if they lose, it's going to be some furniture moving, right? Your day is ruined. You mad. You mad at everybody. Huh? Joe, I'm sorry for your loss, brother. I love you. Y'all don't know. Anybody, nobody in this room has a Super Bowl ring on except for him. That's right. It's good, though, man. I love you. Jesus' name, moment of silence for the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> How do we create margin? Here's the first thing I want to tell you. We need to recognize that our days are numbered by God. I've shared this with you before. The length of our time here on earth is just as wide as the width of our hand. It says this in the Bible. Here's a scripture reference for this particular piece here. I love what Job says. In uh, chapter 14, verse 5, he says, you have decided the length of our lives. He's talking to God. He's praying here. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. You know the length of our lives. Now, here's, this is crazy from Job. You know, Job was going through some stuff. He, was, he had it going on. He was a very wealthy man, a very wise man. He was, he was, he was in all standards doing very well. Then all of a sudden, you know, God was like, told us, the devil, have you thought about my son Job? Test him. Job was like, why? Man, I'm chilling. I mean, I love you. I pray to you every day. Why are you going to just test me like that? The devil was just tempting, taking stuff and removing stuff away. And, you know, 
the whole time. Job keeps his faith, but he does get upset, and he makes these comments. And, and here in the midst of this, this long thing about God, oh, man, you just, I cursed the day I was born. I, I, why would you, you know, why me, God? I, I mean, I'm going to take it, but why me? And in the midst of that, he says, you know what? You, you know what? I'm going to throw my hands up because, God, you know the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and, and we are not even given a minute longer. And then in the end, he says, well, just leave us alone. <laughs> Let us just live our lives accordingly, God, to honor you. God knows how long we live. And because of that, this should, this should charge us to what? Recognize our, our days are numbered. Watch this. How do I know our days are numbered? How many of you have lived through adolescence more than once? Oh, okay. Anybody in here been real, for real, no joking. Anybody been here, in here, been 21 more than one time? I'm not talking about your fake birthday. See, that's what I see. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> 30 more than once? No. That second you just had before when you came in here, can you get that back? No rewind. No going back. That alone is proof that our days are numbered. Here's the scary part. That second you just lost means you're closer to, and because you're closer to, Maybe we should live our lives intentionally with purpose, prioritizing some things, knowing that our days are numbered. Psalms 90 says this, and it's not on the screen, but I love it. And this is actually Moses who says this. He says, teach us to realize the brevity, meaning the shortness of our life, so that we may grow in wisdom. Wow. As I read this, I was like, grow in wisdom. In other words, so that we, knowing how short life really is, knowing just how short our time is here on earth, knowing that that second I just lost means that at that second, what lost was a second gain closer to wherever I'm going to end up. Let me make wiser decisions with the time that you've given me because I know in my, in my, in my mind, sometimes I say I wish I had more than 24 hours. I, I wish there was just a little bit more time. The reality is we have more time than we'll ever need. We have, most of us have more money than we've ever had at any point of our life right now. And what we have is all we need. We don't need anything more than that. We don't need any more time. We don't need any more money. We just need to prioritize and balance what's important and put aside the stuff that's urgent for the stuff that's important. The second thing I want to point out to you is this. The first thing is recognize that your days are numbered by God. The other thing is, how do you, how do, you do that? Prioritize by surrendering your schedule to God. Prioritize by surrendering your schedule to God. Ephesians says this. Love what the writer in Ephesians says. Ephesians 5, 15, 17 says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools like you have all the time in the world, but like those who are wise, who prioritize. I'm adding some stuff in here. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Would you all agree that these days are kind of evil? I won't even say kind of. It's just crazy. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If, 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 if you are guilty of waking up in the morning and the first thing you grab is that the celly, you need some space. Now, I can get it if you grab the celly to cut off your alarm. 
I understand that. Most people use their alarm clocks on there. But if you go alarm, email, Twitter, Facebook, haven't said good morning, God, haven't said thank you, Lord, for the wake up, haven't said nothing to represent the person who woke your behind up in the first place, you go right to this device, then that's a problem. If that's you, go back the old school way and get you an alarm clock and put your phone somewhere out of reach. Real talk. We're so attached to our mobile devices. It kills me to see people walking around with this earpiece talking, and I'm like, you know, I'm walking, and somebody's talking like, and they're talking like, hey, huh? oh, you want to talk to me? Man, take the thing out. You know, it's like, really, it just bugs me out. Some people keeping it so long, they go to bed with it. I'm serious. They forget that it's attached to them. And it's the same thing with your mobile phone. You forget it's attached to you. God forbid... You, you lose your phone for two hours. You're so disconnected from reality. Your whole day is ruined because you can't find your mobile phone. There was a time when you could get lost and not have a mobile phone. You could hang out all day. Nobody could find you. They would expect you to be where you said you were, you were going to be, and that was that. And if you weren't there, they didn't know that because they couldn't keep track of you. Now our phones have GPSs. Don't go way too long because they might have the police check the GPS to see if you are where you said you were going to be. It's crazy how attached we are to these devices. But we're so detached and disconnected from the one vice that we need, and that's God. We're so connected to stuff that's not life-giving and life-fulfilling. Yeah, I understand you might get a business call here or there, and you might make a deal or transaction happen on your phone, and you can transfer money. But that's not life-giving. That's just maintaining. That's a big difference. Prioritize. Prioritize by surrendering your schedule to God. You know what is, is, what trips up, trips, trips up a lot of us with this? We feel that if I just don't, if I, if I, if I just give my schedule to God, then I'll be unproductive. And being unproductive is not progressing. And if I'm not progressing, then I'm not going to be successful. So it's hard for me to just give my schedule to God because I'll be unproductive. I got news for you, baby. God is the author of productivity. God is the author of productivity. He wants us all to be productive in something. He don't want lazy bones. He talks about how much he don't like it in the Bible. He wants us all to be productive, but he wants us to prioritize our time with him first. You got to realize, baby, wherever you are right now, how successful you are right now, trust me, somebody was praying for you behind. I guarantee it. And you didn't know it. Somebody helped you get to where you are now. And whoever that was, they had God connection to it. If it wasn't you praying for your success right now, somehow in this equation of your success, God was in the middle of it. And we're not giving him the time. We're filling our schedules up with so much stuff. That was the time I love. Reason why I love one of the reasons I love Chick Fil A. Besides, they make really good chicken, and I've never gone into a Chick Fil A personally. Me personally, this could be you, where I've had bad customer service. Not once. Never have I gone into a Chick Fil A or Starbucks and had poor customer service. But what I love most about Chick Fil A, but I also hate is that they're not open on a Sunday. And do you all know McDonald's and Burger King and all of them are open on Sunday? And do you know Chick-fil-A is competing with them in terms of w- what they're making in income and they're closed one day? 
They're making just as much money, if not more, than some of these franchises. They're busting through the doors with money. They're everywhere. They're growing exponentially. And they're still closed wherever you go on. They stick to that. They make good chicken, have great customer service, and we ain't open on Sunday. So you got to go somewhere else where they need that money on Sunday. But we're going to trust God. You have to trust God to make that kind of decision in that type of magnitude. This major franchise, we are not going to open on Sunday. Good luck. with You ain't going to have no chicken on Sunday at Chick-fil-A unless you bought it Saturday and going to warm it up. Real talk. I love them. I love that model. Stick to it and trust God. That's what they're doing. When, we, when, when prioritizing, this is what you got to do. I want you all to do this. When you are prioritizing and, and looking at your schedule, ask yourself this question. What's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? My wife and I had this discussion just the other day. We're looking at our schedule, and I said, well, you don't know what I'm going to preach about on Sunday, but it's interesting. Let's talk about this because this is what, what we're having this, this, this debate about or this, this disagreement about has everything to do with what I'm preaching about on Sunday. And really, here's what it boils down to. It's, uh, it, it, we, we have several events coming up in February. We've got Junior's birthday. My nephew's having something. And then there was a third thing I can't remember. And I says, honey, here's the deal. We need, I, I don't think doing any of this is wrong. I think it's, it's, it's right. But we need to say, decide what is wise. Wise in terms of, is it wise for us to commit to going to every single party? Yeah, but they came to our party and they bought our kid a gift. Well, maybe they have a little bit longer money than we do. We, you know, and if, and, if, and, if, and if our attending the party is based upon us bringing a gift, then our child will not be in attendance. I don't have it like that. We don't have it like that. Now, if we can go and you can get past your ego and, and let them know, hey, we just want to be here to support the kid, then that, so be it. I said, but we have to make a wise decision. We have to look at, can we go to every single inv- invitation we get? That's, what, that's the problem at our house. We get a bunch of invitations to a bunch of things. And the wise decision is to say, be selective. We can't make it to everything. What can we do? She's like, well, we got it. We have to have a party for Junior. Do we have to have a party for Junior? Junior don't know the difference. If we just tell him to invite a couple of his homeboys and we have some pizza, that's all he wants is to hang out with his crew. He don't need no party and balloons. Let's make wise decisions. What's the wise thing to do? Not the right thing to do. There's a difference. Not the right thing or the wrong thing or the good thing or the bad. What's the wise? Meaning that I've taken some time to think about it. I've taken some time in prayer. I've taken some time and I've measured this versus that. I've looked at my budget. I've looked at our schedule. What's the wise thing to do? And at the end is whatever we do, life-giving. Did it change things? No. We still haven't come to a resolution on that, but hopefully she'll listen to this podcast and we can figure this out. (laughs) What's the wise thing? Ask yourself, whenever you're sitting there and somebody invites you to do something, a business meeting, a luncheon or whatever, some of you all are gifted entrepreneurs and just doing some amazing things. And somebody says, hey, can can you do this for me? Can you give me that? What's the wise thing to do? In, in pouring my energy and resources into you, will it also bless me? Another thing, 
is, 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 is our challenge with giving up our schedules, as I said, is, being, is fear of unproductive. We need to start praying, God, the first thing we do when we get up, God, today, point out ways that I can manage my schedule that will honor you first. We all have jobs. We all have responsibilities. We all have uh, 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 stuff on our... Listen, if you don't have anything on your calendar at all, then we need to talk. Everybody in this room has something on their calendar they have to do. The challenge is trying to prioritize it so that, one, it's life-giving, not just to you but to somebody else. We're not called to live this life just for us. I say this time and time again. God has called us to be blessings to other people. When he blesses you with something, that's not for you to go and get bling and get red-bottom shoes and doonies and all of those Gucci's and all of that stuff. You are blessed to be a blessing. And the minute we get that in our head, uh, 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 I think things would change in a major way for us in this country. We live in a consumer society. Everybody's trying to come up on the come up. Everybody's trying to do better. I love doing better. I think we all, I think it's a blessing. It's a privilege. It's an honor when God blesses us to do better. But if we don't have a plan in there to bless somebody else, then that's a problem. That's a real big problem. Third and final point here. The first thing, recognize that your days are numbered. Really recognize that. That second I just talked, that second, that's gone. I lost a second, but I gained a second closer to wherever I'm going to be. Second thing is prioritize by surrendering your schedule to God. As you sit down and make your calendar for the month or the week, God, please uh, point out how I could be more productive than honoring you. The other thing is make time with God a priority. Make time with God a priority. In other words, your day should start with you rolling out of bed, falling to your knees, and praying. I'm not perfect with that. I'm not perfect with that. I'll be the first to admit it. I mean, sometimes I roll out of bed and, and, and I didn't have enough margin. And, and, and I jump right into to doing what I need to do. I have a push-up goal and it's like, oh, if I don't knock these push-ups out now, I won't knock them out. I'm trying to do 40,000 push-ups by the end of the year. And, and first thing I do and I realize, oh, it's short on time and I got to do this and that. First thing I roll out, knock out the push-ups and didn't even pray. I'm guilty. I've done that only once or twice this year. The first thing we should do, the first words that come out of our mouth should be praise and prayer. Even with your stinky breath, God don't know. He's not offended by your breath. Pray. Thank you. Even if it's just a short, thank you, God, for waking me up and, you know, just getting my day started. And just keep on praying while you're doing what you're doing. This is where you can really multitask. You can iron and just be praising God. God, thank you for the electricity allowing me to plug in this iron and just knock these wrinkles out. God, thank you for the lights that are on. Thank you for the ability. Hold on, I just thought about it. Thank you for allowing me to have a job to pay for these lights to be on. God, thank you for this roof over my head because I know somebody. I just drove past somebody yesterday who was outside without a coat and it was 30 degrees. Thank you, God. And then as you cook, and thank you, God, for these eggs. Woo! and the ability to scramble them the way I scramble them, baby. 
God, thank you for, thank you for, and then your kids come and say, oh, God, thank you for my children. And, and then you see them clothes. Thank you for, show, for, for putting, putting clothes on their backs. God, thank you for just bringing us together as a family. Thank you for every blessing. And then as you close the door and set the alarm, thank you for every possession you've blessed me with in this house. And then as you get out and get in your car and you start it up and it starts and it's got full tank of gas, God, thank you for the gas you've supplied for me. Thank him all the way. You ain't got, there's no reason you can't be giving God the first. And then check your calendar. And then check your email. And then check your Facebook. And then check your text messages. The whole day long you could be praising him. The whole day long there's no excuse because everything you do is tied to God. I know some of you will say, man, but I bust my butt to get to where you got, where I'm at right now. You don't know how hard I work. Yes, I do. And if, you, if somebody, if it wasn't you praying for yourself, if somebody wasn't praying for you, I guarantee everybody in this room got some praying folk in their life that's praying for their success, that's praying for their, uh, uh, their family and protection, and praying for them to do some uh, wonderful things. Somebody's praying for you right now, and if you don't know it, I pray for everybody in here. I really do, every single person. I personally pray for you all by name every single day. Even if it's just your family's name, I'm praying for you. So trust me, those are answered prayers that's happening in your life right now today. I guarantee it. It's God responding to the prayer petitions. Start your day by, by, by with God, by giving him the first 15, 20 minutes or so of your day. Another way you can prioritize is, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, it, it was just a, 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 an interesting thing. When we go on vacation, and, 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 and I'm like the master packer, you know. I, I, we have a minivan, but when we go specifically to my parents' house and my in-laws' house down in Florida, I always know I'm going to come back with more stuff than I left them, right? My mother-in-law's always got something. I mean, when I say something, like she works at Macy's, so she'll have dishes for me and pots and pans and give these vases away to somebody. I mean, she's always filling me up with stuff. So as I pack, I have to prioritize, knowing that when I get there, I'm going to come back with more than I left with. So I was thinking about prioritizing. First thing I do is, and I, don't, I let everybody bring this stuff out, but nobody can pack it except for me because I'm a master at this. I used to kill it in Tetris. I know how to fill up all those little spots. <laughs> what? I'm not the only one who played Tetris. I was a beast at it, right? And so I, I start with what's the biggest and most important bag, right? That's all the clothes. That's the first thing go in. Let's get all of the big suitcases in the clothes, prioritizing the bigger stuff in. I put that stuff in. Then, then I go to, well, what's next? We got to have the toiletries. We got to make sure that everybody's breath is fresh and we're smelling good and, and, and you got hair lotion and nobody's ashy and all of that stuff. So we make sure the toiletry bag is put in there good. Now, we're, we're very frugal when we travel, so we always pack a cooler so that while we're on the road, we can stop at a rest stop and have a little picnic because we want to make sure we get our quality time. We don't want to do the drive through thing. We just stop and my, my, my wife makes some delicious little turkey sandwiches and, you know, I make a little happy face with the mustard for the kids on there. It's just a fun time. But I put that in there, okay? We got to make sure that Sydney has her own little space because we got to have diapers and wipes and all of those things. I prioritize to what's important. 
Now we can save. The kids say, well, Daddy, you know, can we bring uh, the scooters? Can we bring the... That stuff is not the priority. The priority is the necessities in life. What are some of your own personal necessities as you pack for your day? Your personal necessity needs to be what? First of all, prayer that I'm covered and protected. First of all, it needs to be conversation with God. Think about that. I give you that analogy so you can think about, well, as well, okay, Broderick said he packs the most important stuff, the necessities. Everything else is extra. As you think about when you start your day, as you think about how you start your day, think about how you can prioritize based upon your necessities. What are your needs? And your first need always needs to be meet with God, speak with him, and let him decide what your schedule should look like. Amen? Amen. Well, that's, that's, that's it for today. Y'all make it to the game. Y'all make it there on time today. That's it. A couple brief announcements I want to share with you all. Very, very important. You might have uh, the handout that we gave you for the notes. There should be a secondary form there. Um, this is a really big deal uh, for our new and young church. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to start a 40-day fast and prayer. Okay, we're going to be fasting for 40. I see eyebrows go up. I see like, whoo, that's deep. We're going to fast for 40 days and pray for 40 days. Um, if you all know, Wednesdays we have a prayer call. That, that, that line is going to be open every single day, twice a day for the duration. I'm going to pray for you at 7 a.m. We're going to join together at 7 p.m. It's a major sacrifice that even I have to make, but what we're praying for matters this much to me. Our main initiative, what we're praying for, are three areas. One, the education system here in Georgia. It's not good that for the past decade we've traded third and, you know, between the bottom three with Alabama and Mississippi for the past decade in terms of our education and our high school graduation rate. That cannot happen on our watch. Just in this room alone, we have too many smart people for us to allow that. The second area that we're praying for is the, uh, the abolishment of human trafficking, of modern-day slavery. If you're not familiar with this, there are more people enslaved in the world today than there ever has been in the history of this country. In the history of this country, there are more people enslaved in the world today than ever before. And that's either through human tra- through, through child sex trafficking, uh, labor or servant. We need to abolish that. My final thing uh, that, that, that I want us to be praying for is, uh, so there's a, the, it should be on there, right? Where's this sheet at? Where, Nikki, you have, I gave you two sheets. Is that in there? That's all right. It's all right. I have these if you all want them. And the third thing we're praying for, which is Really, really a big deal. It's a revival in the American church. We need a real revival in the American church, y'all. People are running away from church like it's nobody's business. It's not enough to have lights, cameras, and actions. It's not enough to have a dope worship band and and, and a great choir. It's not enough to to have some phenomenal preaching. It's got to be way more than that. People are running away from the church. They believe in God but don't believe in the church. I got news for you. There's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of church. There are certain things you need to call yourself a growing Christian, and the number one thing you need is fellowship. 
You need people that's accountable and walking with you as you go through, as you develop, as you, as you learn. You need people that's working with you side by side. So I'm here to tell you there's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of church. You need to be connected. You can read all the scripture you want. I promise you, you can read every self-help book in the world you want. You will grow mentally and you will grow in knowledge, but you will not grow spiritually unless you're connected to some other believers. And we need a major revival here in the church in America. We're getting to a point where we're going to be like, I don't know if you're familiar with areas like Germany and France where the church is just a structure. The government is taking over because there's not many people that, that are in church anymore. And we're headed that way if we don't fix it. So we're going to pray for the, the abolishment of slavery. We're going to pray for revival in the American church. And we're going to pray for the education system here in Georgia. Amen. So please consider that. There, there are three ways you can fast. I'm going to give this to you all. Take one, pass it around so you all know how to do it. I, I urge you, it's not a requirement. It's not law. If you don't do it, I'm not upset with you. I ain't got no beef with you. Uh, but it really helps if more of us are on the same page and praying for the same thing. Okay? So consider doing it. There's three ways, and it, it's all on that paper there. Amen? Um, first thing I want to tell you to do, because this fast is a physical fast, consult your physician. I cannot be responsible for anybody passing out and all of this stuff. I want you to have faith in God. He'll cover you. But he also wants you to make wise decisions. And this is one of those times you can say, what is the wise thing to do? I know I got some issues with my health. What's the wise thing to do? So have that prayer. Amen. The other thing, um, the other announcement I want to make is uh, this next month, first Sunday in February, if you have been coming here and you're interested in just taking your, your visitation to another level and, and, and considering membership or just want to kick the wheels and see what we're all about, what are our beliefs, what are we talking about, my wife will begin, my wife and I will begin our very first newcomer's reception. It's going to be held at our home. We'll have, uh, you know, light, snack, whatever. It'll be immediately after service. We live just a few blocks away from here. We're going to have a newcomer's reception. So if you've never attended what we call Church 101, and you wanted to learn more about our church and what we believe in, and you're really thinking about becoming an official member, then you are certainly invited. Bring your friends. Maybe they want to know about what we're doing. It's going to be immediately after service, the first Sunday in February, and the first Sunday of every month moving forward. Amen? All right. So if you have any more questions about that, just pull my, my, my coattail and we're good. If that, if that is it, let us go ahead and pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you so much for this, this brief time together. God, this, this message of margin, you, you, you've really, really charged up the system, Father God. There are so many pastors right now on the same page with this message, Father God, and teaching it in their own way. So I know how important this is that you'd have us all thinking and, and believing and just being uh, a burden with this, this call to speak about the importance of space in our lives. So, God, I pray that, that today that somebody in this room uh, makes that change, Father God, to just live their lives with margin, honoring you first and foremost with every second and every minute of our time. God, I thank you for everybody who is here under the sound of my voice, Father God. I pray that they leave this place different than how they came, Father God. I pray that they, they have a blessed week, Father God, and that you break their heart towards things that break yours so that we are intentional about serving those who are far from you. Oh, God, we love you, we honor you, and praise you. And we're going for the Falcons today. Let's go Falcons. Bless them. Let them have a great game. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. If this is your first time here as you are leaving. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.